0: Hey guys, Tom Oliver and Sean Quigley here from the podcast What's Going
1: On Here? You can find us on iTunes, Google Play, SoundCloud, Stitcher, and TuneIn. And to get in touch with us, uh, just go
0: to our Facebook page and leave a message or email us at what's going on here Podcast at gmail.com. Thanks for listening, guys. And welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to another episode of What's Going On Here. Uh, my name is Tom Loverick, and as usual, I have with me the man of the hour, the royal, if you will, man himself, the Lord Marshal. Mm-hmm. You might have seen him in the royal wedding. He was mucking it up with one of um, Kate's cousins, I think it was, and... Um, I think scuttlebutt is that he actually punched William at some point during the evening after one too many beers. But anyway, it's Mister Young Sean Quigley. Sean, uh, can you verify uh, these reports for us?
1: I <clears throat> I can verify that I I that last volavant. I saw it and I made and I thought me and William had that moment where you give the look where like well, this is mine, right? I'm going <laughs> for it, and as my hand stretched out. His big long royal fingers come oh, like, creeping. Bastard. And because they've easily retracted, they're all lizards, the royal family. Like a retractable like a tongue just came out, like, grabbed the last of Ollivant. And then the
0: Republican in you came out. I just punched him right in the face.
1: <laughs> good. Well, I had to. It's the only way they learn these royals. Yes. They're so inbred, they don't <laughs> understand anything other than just physical beatings.
0: Well, my friend, good for you, and good on you. Yep. I'm glad you're back in the States safely. After evading mi 6 for a a tense two hours to get to Heathrow. (laughs) Yes, very well done, sir. (laughs) So on that note, folks, um, our show is basically we watch TV shows and movies a few people have seen or heard of. And then we watch the middle 20 minutes of it and try to figure out what's going on here. Mm -hmm. If it's foreign language, we turn off any dubbing so that it's extra difficult for us to figure out what's going on here. At the same time, we review local eateries and local brew when we can. So today's uh, TV show is Zoo on Netflix that we found. And we did a Google search for the worst show on Netflix. And that's actually the number one. They consider the number one worst show on Netflix. Mm-hmm. Um, our drink is Chaco mm. Toro, a brown ale by Bolero Snort, which is technically out of Ridgefield Park, New Jersey. But this particular beer was brewed for them in Dallastown, PA. And what these guys are, they're just like home brewers, I think, basically, who cook up a bunch of recipes. And they find like small breweries that'll do it for them for a price kind of stuff. Yeah, I could be wrong and, you know, Bolero Snort, you can uh, uh, email me and, and tell me how wrong I am or whatever. But I think that's what the deal is with them. And our eatery that we were reviewing is called The Recipe. And that's at 127 South Washington Avenue in Bergenfield, New Jersey. Uh, Sean had the eggplant parm and I had the chicken parm. But now, as usual, the main star is, who are we kidding, is the beer. So mm-hmm. shall we uh, take a gander of the lovely Chaco Toro? Indeed. Yeah, Here we go, folks.
1: Ooh. I always like it when it's a nice 16-ounce can. Mm-hmm. Because it's like, oh, okay, I'm getting some extra beer. Yeah, that usually helps my decision-making. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: Instead of like twelve ounce, yeah, yeah, for sure. All right, well, here we go. Cheers, my friend. <clears throat> wow, it's very chocolatey.
1: Mm.
0: Very chocolatey indeed. So this is a brown ale with milk sugar, cocoa nibs, and vanilla. It's five and a half percent ABV. And there's nothing listed for the IVUs. has the color of a Coca-Cola. I mm. guess there's a brown ale wood. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> well, besides the chocolatey,
1: <clears throat> I'm really not getting a whole hell of a lot of anything. No, it's very... Um, plain. Very plain. Oddly enough. Very one-dimensional. Very one-dimensional.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's the huh. word. The phrase, I should say. Very one-dimensional. Not good or bad or anything, but just...
1: No, just I very, of yeah.
0: Usually when they come with these flavors and, you know, it's like, oh, and milk and cocoa, and I kind of expect a little bit of explosion of flavors, especially in the first gulp.
1: Yeah. Because usually a lot of those,
0: like, once you get over the first initial blah, yeah, it the think, beer from behind it comes through. And, I think
1: maybe because it's a brown ale and it's mild... I think maybe if they'd have tried this recipe with all this business in it, in like a porter or a stout. I think, yes. Then that would make more sense. It'd be more to, you know, complexity. Yes. You know? yes. Yeah, but yeah, But with a yeah, brown yeah. ale, it just kind of gets watered down. It's, yeah, yeah, maybe. exactly.
0: It's, it's almost like someone took a stout and watered it down a bit. Yeah. It's all right. I mean, it's drinkable. Yeah. So, all right. Well, anyway, let's get to the show, shall we? Indeed. indeed. Zoo we watched on Netflix. Again, this is when we looked it up. Considered one of the worst shows on Netflix. And we watched the middle 20 minutes of the first episode called First Blood. Mm. And our... So the episode is 41 minutes long. We started in for the middle 20 minutes at minute 11. And when we go to minute 11, it's just a black screen. And then it says Botswana shoot oh Mercy. yes um and then it opens up on a guy who obviously just from looking at it oh this is our main character and i think that's exactly who it was like dr oz or whatever he's a is he a veterinarian a zoologist is he
1: you feel like he has to be a zoologist a zoologist, yes it's, it's called, called
0: zoo. Zoo. yeah probably and so he is with and uh, forgive me, I don't know the actor's name, but he's a fairly <clears throat> recurring character actor. He's been a few. Th- I've seen him. He was in um, Game of Thrones. Uh, he was in the Conan reboot when they did it with Jason Momoa. Um, I've seen him a bunch in a of few other stuff. Well. Yeah, a bunch of other stuff as well. Yeah. <clears throat> so the two of them are talking. And they show up, and it was actually funny. It opens up, and it goes like, uh, 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 "Dr. Oz, who's a, a white guy, American guy, and his friend, who's was this pretty well known, even though I don't know his name, character actor, is obviously very African. He's supposed to be, he's supposed to be his, um, I guess, guide, whatever, mm-hmm. uh, yeah. uh, ranger, whatever you want to call him, uh, bush scout."
1: And they I show- find it interesting that this guy, the main guy, like they're obviously going for the the tried and tested, like Indiana Jones style kind of adventury, like good looking but rugged, like yeah, oh, he's this guy. But it's like all they need to do in that scenario is just have him not shave for a week. Yes, uh, but that's it. Yeah. Like nothing else about him looks like he's disheveled or living in Botswana. No. His hair looks great. His yep. skin is perfect.
0: And you know what? I mean, you brought up the yeah, Jones thing. Nothing about him to me said adventurous. It was like, oh, they got a guy from the library. Okay.
1: Yeah. Yeah, oh, yeah. <laughs> there, was, there were two or three actors that turned down this role from this guy to get
0: it. <laughs> and, and, and I mean, for all we know, that's what they were going for. They were going more for the bookworm, the bookish kind of guy. Because that was the great thing about uh, Harrison Ford as Indiana Jones. You saw him in the leather jacket and the hat and the whip and, you know, the crusty boots and he looked all rugged. But then, you know, you combed his hair back, you put a nice pair of glasses on him, you put him in a suit. And all of a sudden, like, oh, hey, well, there's a bookish looking guy. You know, he definitely looks like a bookworm kind of thing. So it was a nice little almost like Dr. Jekyll, Mr. Hyde kind of thing. Whereas this guy, I think if he was dressed like one of the extras in Road Warrior... He'd still look like he was from the library.
1: Yeah, he didn't look big either. Looked like he was probably quite a small guy, or a regular size. Yeah, yeah, yeah,
0: not 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 big or bruising or anything like that. Yeah. Mm. So they open up. Basically, they are in what looks like like an outdoor, like a fresh air restaurant in in the savannah somewhere it's in like Botswana picnic area. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like oh, a bunch of little huts, and it looks like. There are things like, turn, like chairs turned over and, and um, uh, uh, you know, uh, play settings are knocked on the ground, that kind of stuff. And doc, Dr. Oz is, I, I can't believe he's Dr. Oz anyway. So uh, <laughs> Dr. Oz is basically saying like, okay, if this is some kind of joke, it's not funny. So we're obviously supposed to th- know that a friend of his is supposed to be here. So... The other guy, the uh, bush guide, is looking around, and he's kind of tucked behind like some kind of hutch or something like that. Like that was there that I, mm. I don't know had the drinks in it or whatever it was. And our hero, the doctor, finds a camcorder, and it's like a little one of these little handheld camcorders, not a phone, a camcorder, and just as a setup. The show ran for three seasons, right? Yeah.
1: 2015,
0: 2016, 2017. So, you know, not a you know, 1998 camcorder, a fairly modern camcorder. And the guy watches it. And they show a bunch of people just sitting around in this picnic area underneath all these huts, enjoying brunch, lunch, whatever it is. It's daytime. And then there's a bunch of growls. And everyone starts running. And the camcorder falls down. And you don't really see, all you literally see like, from their shots of the, what they show to, to, to the audience is one shot of a dude just kind of getting up out of his chair and running away. Oh, and then a goodness. bunch of screams. Literally, there was like even like maybe five people in the shot or something. But there's like screaming going on like it's like a packed like movie theater or something. Yeah. And, and then the camera falls down and that's it. And you just hear a couple of growls. And when, when our hero, the doctor, Dr. Library, comes and and he goes, look at this. And they're both watching it. And the the they made it kind of just like the trend. It was bad. Mm. Like it was like layered on, like on a green screen. It's just like you couldn't like stage this for five minutes and just like shoot it with the bloody camcorder. <laughs> so when you're looking at the camcorder, it looks like footage from a camcorder, you know. And the two of them look at that and they both then look up and go. Kind of, it's just, just like, uh, I don't see why there's any alarm because yeah. there's literally nothing alarming in the shot of the camcorder. You just heard people kind of getting out of the chairs and running away and then a, a quote-unquote
1: growl yeah. in the background. I mean, it could have been, it could have been Taco Tuesday. <laughs> right, yes. And they were just like, <laughs> so it's always like, Taco Tuesday! <gasps> oh my God, we gotta get out of here!
0: Whoa! <laughs> The spicy packets only last
1: so long. (laughs) Right, so. My first thought if I'm in like a Savannah type place and there's a picnic area and I see like tables topped, my first thought is going to be like, oh, it's just a fucking, another fucking bachelorette party that's just got out of hand. (laughs) That's right. (laughs) A bunch of these white conservative Americans coming over here to shoot some fucking giraffes. (laughs) I've had too many Bud Light Limes and they've just thrown a couple of chairs over.
0: <laughs> <laughs> this is, I see, a very specific plan that you've had because not only did it have Bud Light, but they had Bud Light Limes.
1: <laughs> oh, because it's universally known as the worst beer ever made. Have you ever had a Bud Light Lime? Uh, no. Okay, we're going to have to, no, special edition. special no, edition, have a no, Bud Light Lime no, on this show. absolutely not. Just for you to try it. No. And even better, don't refrigerate it. Room temperature Bud Light <laughs> no, Lime. I don't want to repeat some horrible barbecue you It at. tastes, it would be, it's like, it would be like, it would be like sipping Piss. urine yeah. out of uh, a urinal that has a, the freshest of like bright green urinal cake sitting in the bottom of it, is what it tastes like. The piss taste is the vague taste in the, in the background. There's an overwhelming taste of, like, air freshener. The piss taste is a pleasurable part yeah. of the whole thing. Oh, man.
0: Well, now at least we know what Donald Trump's favorite beer is. Don't yeah. Or at least the women he hires. So, anyway. <laughs> um... Yeah, so uh, then we go to um, a shot, and there's a woman in a tank top in her apartment. She was washing dishes, right? I think she was washing dishes. And they show pointedly a tattoo on the back of her left shoulder. And I couldn't see. It was kind of quick, but it almost looked like it was a salamander with a knife through it. Mm. Which is one of those, you know, the old movie thing where, like, the wise old guy tells him, Never date a woman with a tattoo of a dagger on her body. Why not? Okay, that doesn't tell me anything, but okay. I Mm -hmm. haven't dated a woman with a tattoo of a dagger on her body. So, she's there, washing the dishes, looking all thoughtful with her hair up in a ponytail. And there's a knock on the door. And she opens up the door, and it's her boyfriend. I think his name was Ethan? Who's very... Very corporate America looking, uh-huh. not in a suit and tie, but just very you know that business ca- business casual. And what you what you realize from uh, uh, um, their conversation right away is she just lost her job. Uh-huh. He worked with her. She never um, he never stood up for her. She did something that got her in trouble, and she got shit canned. Yeah, and she's pissed off about it. And he's like, I couldn't say anything. I told you already, you shouldn't have been filling out that blog. That was gonna get you in trouble sooner or later. But you didn't stand up for me. I didn't think it was a time for our situation to come Ugh. to the forefront. And she says, our situation? Well, you know what? This is twice your, our situation. This is gonna come to the forefront. Because our situation where I don't work under you anymore isn't gonna be the uh, problem. And the fact that us having sex is not going to be a problem because I'm not going to have sex with you anymore on Tuesdays at six o'clock after dinner from Domino's. I mean, yeah. it was just like there was just this litany of very specific things, which was kind of like this is like 20 plus minutes in. Yeah,
1: do we really? This is in a good example, and this episode is full of this. Yes, like this is like this is somebody who's who's. Got someone's had a script somewhere where they have this slow burning kind of dramatic like character intensity stuff going on, right? And they present it to the network and they've said, This is a high concept TV show piece about animals going crazy, right? You need to get to the point quick, right? Like, you need to get this stuff out of the way, just barrel, barrel, barrel. And it's like nobody can open their mouths in the first episode, pretty much at all, but certainly the first couple of scenes that they're in the episode without just spewing like a uh, a dictionary knowledge of just everything that's <laughs> everything. happened in the past like a life story it's just... a, stream, a
0: stream of consciousness yes it was almost like, all it's like yes
1: this is who i am this is what i do this is how i feel about it this is what i hope for it's like oh my god yes. sometimes you just talk to people and it's like hey hey
0: Right. It was like speed dating. Every character was literally speed dating in his thing. (laughs) So so she's obviously pissed at Ethan and basically tells him to just, like, get out or whatever. I I forget even how, like, it ended up.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: And, um, oh, that's right. There was uh, um, the news on the news, on the TV, in the background, was what we assume was like the director of the local zoo, which is in Los Angeles, like Angel City Zoo, or whatever they called it in the TV show. Oh, and, and besides, right there in that scene when she's having her confrontation with Ethan, they were rolling the credits. Yeah. And I was just like, and for a second I thought maybe I was having a, a stroke, because I was having a nice <laughs> chicken parmesan sandwich, because I was like, did a credit just roll by? And John is like, yeah, yeah, credits. I'm like, what? And sure enough, like one after the other, the credits start rolling by. Credits start rolling by. We're like, what's that? And then, like, one of the executive producers, James Patterson, the author. Like, yeah. oh,
1: okay. Big. And then you said you saw James Mangold. James right? Mangold. I was like, what? There was there were like sixteen executive producers <sighs> credits. Yeah. Like two that we noticed that are big names. There were probably more that were also, like, uh, which is already an interesting setup because that's like. Whoa, 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 what's going on here? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. That's. Which
0: means, which my guess is this script has worked its way through like a bunch of hands. Yeah, that's. Before yeah, yeah. it got to like being produced.
1: Yeah, this was maybe going to be a film that mm. like James Mangold was going to do. Right. And then there was a point where James Patterson was on board to maybe write something. Or right. maybe he was like, he wrote an, a story that this was based off of. or Right. And then, yeah, before you know it, it just.
0: That's right. Yeah, you're right. Because the executive producer's credits. Like popped up three or four times. Hmm. Usually, executive producer is like one person. This was this was like the Marvel movie. Like this was like Infinity War when they rolled the yeah. credits. Executive producer and it's every director of every Marvel movie ever was an executive producer yeah, for yeah. Infinity War.
1: It's basically yeah. The, the clue is if you see loads of executive producers or uh, loads of producers on things. The right. usual clue is it's like okay they needed to th- this film has made the rounds either for financial reasons yep. or for creative reasons right? or I mean in Marvel's case it's more legitimate it's just because it's part of a huge anthology of things yes. so there's and been so a lot of people this involved in the makes creation of it yeah yeah yeah, yeah.
0: yeah. Everyone gets a piece of the pie of the giant pie at
1: the end. And they all need to consult on it because they're all making their own movies that are going to work into it and out of it and they right. all need to right, have input right, right. or else it's going to make no sense. Imagine, I look, there's almost a sketch, there's definitely a sketch in there somewhere of like names, you know, like Russo Brothers or like a director in the Marvel Universe who literally like has a plan and has a script and then sits down and watches the latest Marvel film and goes, oh, fuck. and <laughs> just has to start all over again. Right. And he just rings up Disney and you know Mickey Mouse is on there. They're like, oh, ho, what do you call that Bruce and Brothers. And he was like, uh, can you please give me information of what's going to happen so I can back this script? He's like, oh, you're going to have to buy tickets. see what happens. i are like, oh, fuck, you just killed off half of the characters. You couldn't have told me that before. I like, oh, good luck with that. <laughs> come on, come on, what are you Because <laughs> yeah. I get that sense sometimes. Like they literally—it sounds like that with Star Wars. Like they just like give them a hunker. Like, well, we can't tell you what's going to happen. You're going to have to wait to see what this guy makes with this film before you can figure out your film. Right? It's like what madness that sounds like. Yes. Yes.
0: But, uh, yeah. I mean, and you're right. Literally, they have to see the finished product before they can start writing. Yeah. And, I mean, even if it's okay, it's not in wide release, but they have all the editing down because they can't just give them the old script because mm. it right like, i mean um i just read uh the original script for 40 year old virgin a couple of weeks ago it's nothing like the movie yeah well i shouldn't say nothing it's like the movie but a lot of the ca- the characters are different things that happen are different you know the main characters are the same yeah yeah, yeah. but like certain relations, it was just like i mean it's good the movie was Famously way better than the original script. So you know kudos to them whether it was Steve Carell just because I know Steve Carell ended up with a writing credit which to me there's a lot of improv in that film. Yeah, he he was ad-libbing a lot of it. So Yeah, if they give you the original script well, that might not be anything like what the movie ends up. So they literally have to wait until the movie or they see a copy of the movie that's going to be released and and then figure it out.
1: And sometimes it's con- in Marvel universe. It's got to be contractual as well. They might not even know who, which actors are saying or not, depending on negotiations mm. and their contracts. They're like, oh, yeah, do I write this thing with Iron Man in it? They might not be here. Like, right, right, right. Yeah, and, and they all like, the Mickey Mouse over the shoulder is like, oh, you know, for every scene you write with Iron Man in it, that costs us an extra seven million dollars. <laughs> By the way, um,
0: I read recently that supposedly Chris Evans said he's done after the next Avengers movie. Yes. So I think the fact that he appeared for two seconds in Dark World mm. and at the end of Homecoming, I think those might count as his contractual obligations. Yeah, I think so. Because, I mean, he's, the movies he's in is, is uh, 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 um, obviously, Captain America, Winter Soldier, Civil War, three Avengers now, that's six, and he was on for nine. So, unless he has a big part in the next Ant-Man and or Captain Marvel, which technically he shouldn't be in Captain Marvel at all. Because Captain Marvel is supposed to be set like in the 90s. Yeah. So, he's not going to be in Captain Marvel. So, unless he's in Ant-Man and maybe another Black Panther before the next Avenger movie comes out.
1: Yeah. I don't
0: know. I think those those might count. Because if those count, he's at eight. And then mm-hmm. Avengers four will be nine, and hit, and those that would be his contractual obligation. Yeah, man. which pretty much means he's dead at the end of that one.
1: Yeah, and Captain America is by far the easiest character to kill off as far as the actor goes because you know, that mantle is so easy to yeah. have someone else take up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, you can argue that Iron Man is the same because he's in a suit. Yeah, but so much of Iron Man is Stark and his knowledge, but Captain America is really just a figurehead. It doesn't right. really matter the guy. Right. You can really stick anyone in that in that Right, right, suit. right, because
0: right. Captain America is there because of his uh, morals and his integrity, mm. and you can make any character just about, you know, it could you,
1: whoever it is, just a name of Captain America, and as long as they follow his ethos. I think they're probably right. just going to have um, Brie Larson, I think they're probably just going to have Captain Marvel just take over the Avengers, I think, just going to take over from Captain America.
0: Probably, what I, do.
1: I heard yeah. that um, I was reading the, the, about that the Captain Marvel film and the guy's directing it said that apparently it's quite different. So it's the first one, it's the first origin story uh-huh. that they're doing that has a very different feel, uh-huh. feel, very different style. He said, like you know, he's not giving anything away, but he said all the other origin stories so far have a very similar setup uh-huh. in that there's someone that you know doesn't have a power. And then they gain the power. Right. And then they, in the third act, the second act, they're struggling to find out how to use the power. The third act, something goes wrong. And Then right. the fourth act, they become that person right, truly. Right. But it says this one is not saying how, but it's a complete reversal of like hmm. that setup. Like hmm. it's a very different start. So I, my theory is, I'm, I'm assuming she's gonna from the off, from like the first scene, she's gonna be like uh, have the power, inc- extremely powerful, yeah, like doing crazy yeah, yeah, yeah. stuff, and it probably just work out the opposite. Yeah. And then yeah by just the end, figure out like, how to deal with it. Yeah, so I don't know, but that's interesting. I also saw today that Jake Gyllenhaal's signed on for the next Spider-Man film um, to play uh, uh, Mysterio.
0: Really? Oh, that's a good. Mm. That's a good. Mysterio is actually a good uh, thing to uh, have in there, yeah. villain-wise, because it's really easy to do. Because I mean, you could just do a freaking transition on the screen, and it's like, oh, it's Mysterio. He's making hallucinations, mm. and you don't really have to go heavy CGI or anything. Mm. So, yeah. Anyway. So, uh, our reporter lady is pissed off, and on TV, she sees the zoo director talking about there was apparently a lion attack in the zoo, and a couple of lions attacked and, I guess, killed one of the zookeepers?
1: Uh, I I can't remember them saying that. Well,
0: I mean, that's the only reason they would put the lions down, really. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, that's what I'm guessing. And so, from there, it goes back to Botswana, and our two um, heroes, Uh, 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 the, the bush guide... Sees, he says, and and Doctor Library says, "Oh, what did you find?" And he says, "Lime dung. And there are tracks in it. <laughs> and all I can think of is, um, one of the lions probably stepped. In, it's like, oh, Jeff, did you have <laughs> to crap right in the fucking middle of me walking here? Really? Because you... it's like, mm, okay, yeah. So they go off now looking for where all these people went." And apparently the guy's brother, the bush guide's brother, is Dr. Library's or Dr. Oz's um, best friend. Mm -hmm. So they go off and they're driving and they're driving and they're driving through the savannah. And I think then it goes back to the reporter woman. And she is in like a suburban neighborhood and there's obviously a party or some kind of birthday party, whatever. And she's walking up to a house, and the camera ominously pans on a telephone pole, and there's like two or three missing posters of cats. People are missing their cats. And the reporter goes in, and you see the guy who was on TV before as the zoo director. He's talking to a couple of people, and he says, excuse me. And he goes to the reporter, and apparently she's been harassing him for whatever. He says, I can't believe you came to my house. How dare you kind of stuff. And so, I forget what question she had for him. It was something oddly specific again.
1: Oh, And know. he was just...
0: Oh, yeah, that's right. Her angle is that they switched the food supplier to all the zoos. And the food supplier is selling them D-grade beef for the zoo animals. And I'm like, do you think the animals, zoo animals really care if it's Wagyu or, or, or <laughs> you know Kobe beef? I don't think so. Mm-hmm. Of course, it's going to be D-grade beef. Would, yeah. You know, it's like... Either that, or just let the cow loose in their pen. I mean, (laughs) so anyway, so she her her whole angle is that she's going the Monsanto angle, right? Yeah. That um, the cows are being fed grass that's been treated with pesticides, and that's making the animals go crazy. And the zookeeper says, you know, your crazy Uh, 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 conspiracy theories are just like nonsense. Why don't you look for a real job and try to figure out what happened with the cat? And then they point the camera pans over to the guy's wife and daughter, and the daughter's crying because he says somebody in the neighborhood has been abducting all the cats. Like, all the cats in the neighborhood have gone
1: missing. Which is a weird-ass thing to say because abducting a cat is really stupid because <laughs> it's like, well, uh, how do you... What, they live on ransom note? Were, were there, like, claw marks on the the, 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 on the cat's bed? Like, like, <laughs> right. no, your cat didn't come <laughs> home. So Somebody drive
0: by with a little panel van with yeah. like kitty litter. Not, uh, cat nips. It's like, hey kitty, kitty, <laughs> kitty. Hey kitty. But
1: if it's this like was it's a, a disaster movie,
0: I'd know exactly what's happening. A huge earthquake's going to hit Los Angeles. Because mm. believe it or not.
1: Yeah, the animals know.
0: The animals know. And like right before a big earthquake, people's cats and dogs just vamoose. Mm. Because they know the earthquake is coming. So they just like, clear out. Um, so if that was the case, I'd be like, oh no, you guys are about to sink into the ocean because a huge <laughs> earthquake is coming. That's why all the cats are gone. But no, somebody's abducting the cats. So that's that's the mental note that she has. We go back to Botswana and our two guys are driving through the savannah and they come across uh, the bus, like the tourist bus. And it's empty. And they get their rifles... And they're walking, and of course, instead of this is the one that kills me. So they don't just drive up to the bus mm. with their truck, no. like a big old land rover. They get out of it five hundred feet away. Uh-huh. <laughs> they get out of their truck some five hundred feet away from the other bus, which I'm like, why would you just why would you do that? And you, you heard all these ominous growls in, in the video. And you're literally in the middle of the savanna where the grass is four feet high, I'd mm-hmm. say. You know, and it's just like, yeah, this is exactly what lions hunting. Maybe you shouldn't be 500 feet away from your means of escape. So they're walking together. And then the bush guy says, stay here and cover me. And he starts walking. And the guy has a face like, Who's covering me? You know, because he's literally now halfway between the bus and the truck and just like, stay here. So the guy walks along and he sees just like a shoe. And I think it was supposed to be a little bloody. I, I, yeah, I, I can, can tell. Yeah, yeah, because it was like a colorful Nike. So I, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I didn't know if it was just the color of the shoe or if it was bloody. And so the guy goes and somebody in the bus is moaning. So the guy runs and he yells out a name and he runs over there. And, um, meantime, Dr. Library is being watched from several angles, like the camera. And you're like, uh-oh, there's something in the tall grass that's going to get him. Mm-hmm. And he's being watched now from like three or four angles. And then all of a sudden you hear like walking, you are like, oh, he's about to get jumped by a lion!" And some blonde woman comes out of the grass and starts yelling at him incoherently. And he's like, English, English, I don't understand what you're saying. And I didn't even catch it because she was so incoherent. She was speaking French. Mm. And she's freaking out. And <laughs> he turns around to see a lion just kind of lazily jump into the other bus. There was like absolutely no urgency to this. You know, it's like if you ever watch the nature video and watch lions hunt, like when they go for the hunt, it's just this explosion of speed and power and just physical exertion and all mm-hmm. these things. This guy literally looked like he was going to like pop up and like lay down in a couch. There was like nothing about this line yeah. that was
1: even remotely threatening. Well, the, the, the humans inside this bus were the like line equivalent of like Tostino's pizza rolls. <laughs> yes. There was like... A, well, I guess so. I mean, it's there. <laughs> okay. Yeah, she's yes. like,
0: oh, someone left some Hot Pockets here. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, and the lion jumps up, and Dr. <laughs> Oz is going, oh, I forget what the character's name is. He's yelling his name, and ah, oh, and then you hear, ah, oh, and you hear gunshots go bang, bang, bang. And then you see the lion comes out the back of the bus. <laughs> someone took some, like, food coloring, and dyed a few splashes on the lion's mane. Or it might have been CGI'd, I don't know. And the lion is just completely chill, like, oh. You know, it's kind of like, I shouldn't have had that last bite. I, I really, I was just really full. I shouldn't have had that last bite. So Dr. Oz is all, like, vengeful now, and he starts shooting at the lion. And he, they literally show it, like, the bullet ricochet off the rim of the, the, the door to, at the back of the bus. And the lion doesn't even, like, flinch at all you know so it's just like couldn't they couldn't have had a trainer like crack a whip and then like edit that out or something because the lion was just like and he fires another shot and the lion jumps into the grass and the girl is freaking out and she's like we gotta run we gotta run we gotta run so they start running back to their truck and then they pan away and this is this is basically Sharknado but with lions the Mm -hmm. way they did it So they show five CGI lions running, all males, running through the grass, head for these guys. Why they would wait until, you know, they started running is beyond me. You know, this this whole thing that people like to uh, anthropomorphize animals and it's like, oh, because it's the thrill of the hunt. No, animals are inherently lazy what life and nature is about is conserving yeah. energy yeah so you know this whole thing like he's a hunter and he wants to hunt no because i bet you if you went with an atv through a forest and you just like dropped off like 20 pounds of beef every day the wolves would never hunt again no because they're like why no why am i running this yeah a- the lions
1: that we went to there's a there's a safari park in uh six flags near here in jersey i went to last summer uh-huh. um <clears throat> Perker being Lord Marshall, you know, free tickets. That's uh, right, that's escorted right. right to the front of the line and everything. That's right. Uh, and and we, as we were g- driving around, there was this one part, and it was lions uh-huh. that were sitting there, and then, like, um, th- but there was a partition that was a fence, but it was, like, up to my waist. Uh-huh. like, And it was, like, a li- little wire fence. I mean, it was enough that you'd be, like, it would keep a dog at bay, but, like, a lion. you know, like, huh? <laughs> and, uh, but on the other side of the fence were all these, like, and they were like kind of, you know, like the gazelle. They were like gazelles. Like uh-huh. exactly the sort of thing you see getting eaten by lions in all the wild <laughs> things. Yeah. And they were just there like besides, yeah. And um, so I was like, how are they not like eating them? And they're like, well, we feed them like <laughs> a lot every day. <laughs> and they completely they don't care. Yeah. <laughs> they're like, why would they want to work for it? Like they have absolutely no animosity. No. It's like, we again, we high animals into thinking that they have this like, vengeful like hatred of these animals or like they're vicious or they have some sort of aggression or anger or like no it's like literally there's no reason for them to attack them they don't care about them yeah. they don't care they're yeah. like fine you be you Yeah, you do oh, yeah. you gazelle you do gazelle. you I'm hungry I, I'm not hungry I've eaten <laughs> all the food I could eat you I do you I just That's fine.
0: 20 burgers from Burger King they have yep. 2 for 6 deal <laughs> yeah. It's, yeah exactly yeah it's like, meh. Yeah. so uh, uh, um <laughs> So Dr. Oz and crazy French chick are running back to the truck. And they get in the truck. And these five male lions are jumping all over the truck. And so he starts the truck and he gets away. And they drive off. And (laughs) this is my favorite part. So they're driving off. And he keeps looking back, like turning around to look behind him. As if the lions are really going to give chase for that long. You know, it's like they when they hunt it's like through a burst of speed because after that they starve and they can't catch anything unless something comes to their mouth so they're not going to chase you at like 40 miles mm-hmm. an hour through the savanna so then um from there did she have her little meltdown yet
1: yeah she was doing it as he was driving away she was having that's a little right meltdown. that's right
0: she's ha- she had like this i guess it was supposed to be a haunted look and, and like, kind of like, in shock, I suppose.
1: Yeah, I think in shock was what they were going in, for. In,
0: sh- in shock and haunted, and she was just fixated on one point on the dashboard of the car, and she was basically talking about all these things that happened. And everybody was walking around, and the descriptions were actually very funny. She said, "And we were standing there, and all of a sudden, something dropped out of a tree, and it was a lion." And I'm like, "Um, I think the appropriate description would have been something landed on us, yeah. <laughs> not dropped out, because all I had an image was of was you know an apple." Just a (laughs) poop. Like, drop that on a tree. What? (laughs) So, but she was going through, and this person got eaten, and then there was a head, and but for some reason they left her alone in the grass for, you know, because all of a sudden I guess they they were too full. They were saving her for later, I suppose. I, I don't know how.
1: She was okay. They, they were keeping her as like a trophy human. Me, she oh, was like the slave layer of the, of the no, lions. No, no,
0: no. They had French last week, didn't they? Oh, mm. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> That makes sense. Yeah, they were like, oh, we're going for Italian today. Yeah. Maybe some American cuisine. That was, yeah, we're yeah. not doing French. So anyway, so she's going out with this and it's just like, it's just bad acting. Yeah, it's bad acting. It's bad acting. And they drive off and, and that, that's our adventure there. Then we go back to our news reporter, and she's at the zoo. And there's a sign that says, uh, uh, African mammals, lion exhibit temporarily closed. Obviously, because some lions just ate a zookeeper. <laughs> so she goes over there, and she's on a bridge, and she sees a guy collecting like a poo sample from the lion's den. And she says, hey, I'm such and such, the reporter you spoke to. He was like, oh, yeah, hi. She says, are you the coroner? And he says, uh, uh, no. No. Um, I'm a veterinary
1: pathologist you know which now I think about it, it doesn't make sense that he's collecting poo now because this attack happened when did this attack happen like I guess a day or two ago a day ago. or two ago right why is he collecting shit now like what's he doing what's he been doing for the last two days he's now going back and collecting crap he, isn't like a fresh sample better like he's picking up like scraping up this like hard crap from the
0: well I actually well no I mean he. it could be that he's looking for
1: older samples to uh, see if there's a
0: change in in the in the f- fauna
1: of the poop. Oh, okay. Well, there you go. Scientific so, answer there. So yeah, just a little bit of just like scientific method. Just in case you're wondering, guys, Zoo, the TV show, scientifically sounds scientific.
0: Well, no, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm pretty sure it's not. i haven't seen any like real <laughs> science yet, but I'm, judging from the acting, I'm going to say no. Um. <laughs> so, <laughs> so anyway. Um, he brings her into uh, his lab, like uh, on the zoo, and the two lions that attacked are laid out on slabs and have big holes cut out and their brains are taken out because he's a pathologist and he's trying to figure out what's wrong with the lions or why they attacked. And, you know, there were twin lions found in the Serengeti and brought to the zoo when they were little cubs and they've been there for 14 years and nothing like this ever happened. And then, you know, it's like, okay. And she's like, oh, it's the food, you know, raiden they're the corporation and the pesticide and that's what's making... And he's like, the pesticides? She's like, yeah. He's like, at best it's going to give them diarrhea. It wouldn't change their behavior. You know, it's like, maybe cancer? Sure. You know, he (laughs) he was just like, very matter of fact about that. He was like, maybe in the long term, cancer or some tumors, okay. But it wouldn't change their behavior at all, the pesticides. So she was like, oh. And he's like doing these like one-liners and he's got this very... He's got this very aloof. Uh, uh, um, I'm kind of a uh, the, the the sexy professor, but he, really yeah. awkward at the same time. It's
1: the it's the thing that was perfected by Jeff Goldblum in like Jurassic Park, Independence Day.
0: I, but th- no, I was he's not he's not, oh he's nowhere near that. I was gonna say th- this a that's more d- a a James familiar.
1: Spader Stargate. Kind of thing, maybe I don't know. Okay, yes, that's a better comparison. But what I don't understand is they always do this in TV shows. They're like the whole point of this guy's character. He even goes on; he has a little monologue about how he hates people. Yes, his whole point is he's completely antisocial. He's a scientist. Yeah, that's right. He's wrapped up in his work. Right.
0: She says, "You're one of those animal people, aren't you?" He's like, "What animal people? The ones that prefers animals to people?" And he says, "I prefer animals to people." traffic to people pizza <laughs> and beer to people yeah, yeah. Uh, torrential rainstorms to people Where, yeah
1: but but at the same time he hates people so much and he's wrapped up his work here he, they're making him there's no social interaction right. he has no and they're obviously wrapping this up that they're gonna end up having this big connection and he's right. like you've have, you've have no interest in people you don't have social interaction you have no friends you enjoy, enjoy this Yes, somehow, you've constructed a, a whole bunch of one-liners. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For who? Yeah, yeah. Why have you got all these funny little quips in the back of your yes, head? that's right. Because of all those hermits that never talk to people are full of these, like, amazing... It's like they're just a sitcom waiting to happen. <laughs> they're like, right. finally, I have all of this material that i've always wanted to say to someone but because i don't like people i never do it's been waiting to come out there are two things Uh, i've been working on for my entire professional
0: life my manifesto and my one-liners and god damn it today's that day
1: yeah it's like what that doesn't that's a complete like that's contradiction in character terms it it really really was because he's doing that faux
0: oh i know i'm an older guy and not hip enough to be hip but i'm hip because every time she would say something he's like Is that a phrase I should know? And she's like, (laughs) (laughs) you know, with this little like fake giggle. And then she says something else again. And he's like, Is that a phrase I should know? And it's like, oh. And then he had that really awkward like hand in the pocket where the hand wasn't completely in the pocket. It was like, almost like, (laughs) to me, it looked like his nuts itched, and he wanted to scratch them surreptitiously, but he didn't want to do it in front of her (laughs) and and all the kids at the zoo. It was just really, really weird. This is
1: obviously an actor that if you take the glasses off him and you dress him in something different and give him a haircut and all the rest, he would probably be an extremely good-looking guy. Yes. Like, he does not, even just looking at his body, like, you think about his job and what he does, he would either be as thin as a rake and pale, or he'd be like a chubby dude. He wouldn't be like a... I used to confuse him with Bill Hader all the time. Uh That actor. Yeah. Because
0: they almost look like... If, if you said him and Bill Hader were cousins, I'd be like, that's why they look so familiar. Because to me, they're like almost interchangeable. Like, except for the fact that Bill Hader is just hilarious. Yeah. But he was... I think I recognized He was the father of... What's her name? From Twilight. In the show. In the movies.
1: Oh, in Twilight? In Twilight, yes. Oh, I never saw him. Okay. Uh,
0: I, I saw the first one only. And... I just thought it was so bad. And like so many bad messages. Which is hilarious because that was supposed to be fan fiction from Fifty Shades of Grey. Yeah. It's like, oh, he's a 125-year-old vampire. is interested in a 15-year-old girl. That's called a pedophile. Thank you very much. <laughs> a super pedophile. a yeah, super pedophile. Yeah. That, yeah. <laughs> so, you know, it's like, please let's not romanticize this, you know.
1: That's the same. That's also like, there's that film Age of Adeline that came out a few years ago. Uh-huh. that was about... Um, I actually kind of liked it. It's a guilty pleasure. I think it was a good film. And the premise was... Um, that was
0: with Harrison Ford, wasn't it? Yes. Okay. He, and he was excellent in it. Okay. Uh, it
1: was what, the best thing he's done recently, in recent times, it was... What's her name? Blake Lively, Ryan wife. Okay. Is the star of it. And the premise was th- the world's shoddiest science in the world uh-huh. that she was... Um, <laughs> that she was drowning... That she... That she, 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 was crashed, she crashed one night in like the 20s, uh-huh. 1920s. She crashed a car... Went into the lake, like and got couldn't Captain escape. America. Was, sort of, she got hypothermia, uh-huh. and just at the point where her body would have like shut down with hypothermia, the car got struck by lightning, and then science happened. No, because if your body, and they even say this, and it was perfect in the film. They're like, and due to, and they created a word. Then like. And, and due to uh, mixa faller, thermy, rexer, <laughs> delistia, a rare condition that would not be found out for another 70 years. <laughs> uh, ab- when the body is just about to go into hypostasis after hypothermia and is just about to shut down, if it receives a sudden, like, overpowering jolt of electricity... Jolt of electricity so she was cryogenically it, put to sleep by nature. But, well, what happened? No, but what, ha- no. Okay. what happened is in that precise moment, uh-huh. her cells stopped aging. Okay. Because her body started to freeze. Yeah. And then just at the point when she would die, uh-huh. the lightning brought her back. But the cells had already kind of st- got a point where they weren't going to... Oh,
0: so the telomeres weren't going to replicate anymore.
1: Yeah, but her brain was kicked back. Into it. So she was alive, but her body stopped aging. Um, and I'm sure you know because science, you can continue going if your cells never age, oh, no regeneration of cells ever again. But you live, yes. Uh, and that was the premise of the whole film. And Which she, means she would eventually turn into a <laughs> fungusy model. <laughs> she just continues to live her life. She like a vampire, basically, without any of the cool stuff. Okay, like just living. Just annoying. <laughs> yeah. But the point is, she stays the same age, but uh, she, all this time goes past. So it's the same kind of premise. She'd be in like the modern day and she'd be dating these guys who look like her in their 30s, but right. like she's like in her 90s. And you're like, well, it doesn't really matter what you look like. If you're, in, you're from the 20s and you're dating a guy, like that's, it's super pedophilia. There's a point where you just well, can't Well, no, this I, I
0: don't think so because, I mean, as long as she's dating an adult, that's fine. This dude was dating a high school girl. Okay, that's, I think it's
1: slightly different. So,
0: I, I mean, you know, if if you're 120 and look like you're 35
1: and you're dating a 35-year-old. Yeah, but he stopped. He died when he was a bad teenager as well, though. You know, he stopped. I guess we just don't know enough about vampire science. I guess. That's, yeah, we need a vampire Scientologist. <laughs> <laughs> <Probably>. <laughs> Someone call Romania <laughs> Yes we Someone
0: from Romania Could you fly in on one of your <laughs> dragons And uh, tell us exactly <laughs> what happened Dr. Van Helsing that's right. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Dr. Vampirescu Paging Dr. Vampirescu <laughs> So um, <laughs> So anyway uh, Where were we? Oh yeah, that's right She's talking to awkwardly sexy One-liner doctor Pathologist, sorry and um, she gives him oh oh oh, and speaking of reverse of of, of character traits, she gives him her card is it here, and he says, "Well, girls have given me their number plenty of times, but never because a lion kills somebody. It's like, wait a minute, I thought you fucking hate people yeah. what." What, what's, what's happening here? How is... how? Why are girls giving you yeah, their number? The
1: exact number is this. Usually when a girl gives me her number, it's not to do with... <laughs> but would you mean, usually? <laughs> so there's a usual time when right. girls are giving you their number. Make up your mind. <laughs> exactly. Oh.
0: Usually when girls give me their number, it's the restraining
1: order. <laughs> I mean, it's just like... I half expected him to... To get out a wallet that was just full of cards.
0: (laughs) (laughs) And just stick it in there.
1: (laughs) Or better
0: yet, a candy jar. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, so then... We go back to... Dr. Oz and... The French girl. And they're just talking back
1: and forth. And he's also done no work so far in no, the past no, no, hour. Nothing. All he's done is pick up some shit, <laughs> take this girl back to his lab, walk around for a bit, and then about, I assume he put the shit in a jar or something. <laughs> something, yeah. Uncovered the bodies of the lines, right? Shake it, look at this. Covered right, it back up, right. and then just walked back out to the zoo again. That's right. That's <laughs> what were you that's doing? That's right. <laughs> what was your job? He, he just, he
0: literally, <laughs> he, yeah, Dr. Awkward literally just <laughs> brought the shit sample to the lab and walked back out with her. Because he was like, I want to show you something. And that's right, because he showed her the lions, and then the lions had these just like perfect holes cut into their skulls where he took out the brains from. And it was just like, that's not how you would take (laughs) the brain out. You would literally lop off the entire top of the head and then take out the whole brain, not look like someone took like (laughs) an oversized cork bottle opener. (laughs) And what
1: are they doing leaving them just on the table like that? I'm pretty sure there's a procedure where once you've done the autopsy and you've done that, you store you, cremate, you the, cremate or you store the body story. you just leave it on the table it's like yeah. I imagine his boss comes back and he's like Jim what the fuck have you been doing today the line that was you did this yesterday the lines are still on the table you, what do you do he's like I picked up the shit and I spoke to a girl and got her number I'm like that's not your that's, job that's what you did yesterday son of a bitch. <laughs> that's not your job what are you doing <laughs> doesn't make any sense <laughs> you can't put those lines away you can't just leave them there <laughs> yeah, that's
0: gonna be down. Oh gosh. We're we'll definitely doing a sketch with the boss coming back like Jim, what the fuck? <laughs> uh, yes. But anyway, we go back to Botswana and Dr. Oz and the French girl, her name is Chloe. She's talking to him and she was like, and, and and like, I can't believe blah blah blah. And I mean considering she was like freaking out and shocked And in, 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 uh, um, what's the word, uh, I'm looking for, not just shock, but, uh, 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 well, I guess shock is the word I'm looking for. Like 15 minutes later, when they come back to them, assuming, unless they were driving for two days and we don't know, um, she's perfectly calm and reasonable and rational. Yeah. And I got to tell you, for me, I'd be just like a mess. Yeah. Like, I probably like, you got to pull over because I got to take a shit. I'm like, I literally just need to like shit, like release my bowels right now. And kind of, you know, she was just like really, really calm. And then she goes, um, I think she was talking about the various victims and what happened to them here and there. And then she says, this is my honeymoon. And, and Dr. Oz like kind of like dreadingly kind of says, and your husband? And she's like, oh, well, no, no husband. We never married. He uh, started, decided to start uh, sleeping around before we ended up getting married. Usually most French men,
1: <laughs>
0: most French men wait until they're married before they start sleeping around. <laughs> and I liked your thing. It's like, wait a minute. Did they just get a French woman to say something very racist towards the French? It's yeah. like, yes. But the best part was, then they take a shot of Dr. Oz's face, and he literally, and I, there's no better way to describe it, but he's like, oh man, I love those French guys. I mean, mm. he just had such a face of admiration when she said that. It was like, okay, I know this is a few years before Me Too, but man, Chickie, you better hashtag and get the fuck out of there, because this dude is a predator, <laughs> you know? It's not just the lines in the savannah, he's definitely like clocking you now, because yeah. So they're driving, and um, all of a sudden the car starts coughing. And, oh, the radiator, you know, is overheated. And I love this, I don't... And you see it a lot, and it's like, oh, so we're supposed to believe this person has never, ever driven before this day, and has never been in a car that broke down, either as an adult or as a child while driving around with their parents, because... The first thing that happened when I saw the smoke and I thought instantly, like uh-huh. everyone that's ever been around a car would say, Oh, you overheated. So instead, he reaches down and starts pressing the pedal and turning the key while the engine is running, mind <laughs> you. While the engine is running. And I'm like, what what what's the, what is he doing? What is he hoping to achieve by stepping on the gas and and, and turning the key? Yep. So, Dr. Oz gets out, and the grill is caved in. Yeah. He goes back in. And he says, ah, the lions got to the radiator. Look, <laughs> like, wait a minute, what? So, and I mean, if you see the grill, and this is one of these. Now, Land Rover is well-known, and it's not simply because the Brits were the major colonials of Africa that Land Rover is there. The car is really fucking well made yeah. and that's why they drive it all over the bush in Africa, in Australia, in Asia, in South America, you know, because it's a really good sturdy car. And this is a big Land Rover too. This was like, this looked like a nine passenger Land Rover or seven at the very least. And it's one of those older ones that are very boxy that looks like it's a military vehicle basically. Yeah. And the grill on that thing was easily, like, four-gauge wire, two-gauge mm-hmm. wire that's been, like, crisscrossed and, you know, welded together and and bolted into the frame. And this lion just kind of casually... And it looked like it was literally, like, aluminum foil that the lion just kind of moved out the way and then, like, cut the, 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 the hose off. Yeah. Which, to me, I was just like, okay, now, I'm trying to calculate, and I know, you know, it's an animal. Um... The strength of it is ridiculous because it's a 350-pound cat that runs and walks all the time and that has to kill to eat. So there's no chance, just evolutionarily speaking, for it to like have flabby muscles. Yeah. Unless it's a lion from Six Flags that just sits around yeah. and gets fed all day, right? Because it literally just works out all day. I mean, that's what animals do. They work yeah. out all day. Th- there's no other way to put it because they're running from point A to point B. Jumping, diving, running, whatever. They're working out all freaking day. Okay. So, it's a 350-pound animal. I don't know in the action that they showed in the speed that it happened that he could have caved in that grill quite so much. I I just don't see it because it looked like the lion just jumped on the hood and then jumped on the roof when they were in there. So, I was just like, okay. All right. I, I don't I don't think it's likely, but okay, I'll yeah. give it to you. If
1: if that was the case, that he had that much power in his paws from just jumping up on something, all those documentaries where you see a lion chasing after a, 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 like a zebra and then jumps on them, yeah, like this lion in this case. He would have run, jump, and the moment of impact, yeah. the zebra would have just splattered into yes. goo. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> oh, crap. Oh, I ruined dinner. It's like again. an elephant just landed on it. It's yeah, like, it yes, yeah, right, exactly. It's like, like no. I don't know if that would have been. Cats have actually got really good weight distribution. They're actually, even in a big cat, they're very agile. agile. Yeah. So, like, yeah, it's not gonna.
0: No, yeah. So, But anyway, it's like, okay. So now the car's pulled over, and the guy's like, okay. We're only six miles away from camp. We gotta walk there. And she's freaking out. Yeah. No no no. There's only two things that separates us from the animals. It's reasoning and this truck. And I say we stay in this truck, blah blah blah. And you know she I She actually I, said free will. Oh free will in this truck,
1: which does make sense. Because then well, she no, no, said free will I and
0: I, I wanna use my free will to stay in this truck. That that was the line. Oh. Yes. I mean,
1: animals don't have free will. Like what? They're autonomous like... Anim- they would just do what the it's, animal gods tell them? It's 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 this stupid... It's this stupid thing that...
0: And quite frankly, that science has been guilty of. Yeah. Where unless... And, and scientists are... I mean, but that's why a lot of scientists are scientists. They don't believe it unless you prove it to them. Yeah. Unless they see it and you prove it to them. So whenever you'd have these old ladies that had a parrot and said, Oh, my parrot talks to me. No, no, no. no. He's parroting you. That's mm-hmm. why it's called a parrot. And, you know, then they do, somebody actually sits down and does some research, and then there was the lady in Manhattan whose parrot had a 250-word vocabulary. Yeah. And not just, like, just memorize the words the same, like, using them in, in, like, sentences. Like, no, they're smarter than you think. It's It might not necessarily necessarily be the kind of smarts that you and I have or associate with, but they're smart. Mm. You know? What was it? I'm, I'm actually just reading one of, one of, one of my science journals. And it was a thing on, like, what, what is, quote-unquote, intelligence. And it showed all these animals and how, like, you know, a shark is super intelligent. But it doesn't even have a proper brain. It's like this Y-shaped organ, you know. And it's just like, but it knows all these things and knows where to go. And, you know, knows, knows how to react to things. And what was it? Uh, Red-foot tortoises, like I have two red for tortoises, um, are able to remember over a year which color code will give them their favorite treat. Mm-hmm. And you are know, like a tortoise. I mean, the brain's got to be the size of a pea. Yeah. Have you ever seen like a little tortoises? I mean, even the giant Galapagos tortoises, the head isn't much bigger than a than a softball. Yeah. You know how big is the brain going to be? You know, kind of stuff. So it's
1: it's one of those things. And uh, yeah, that, that that confused me that line. And and also the idea that she's freaking out so much about the idea of leaving the stationary vehicle. I feel like I say this woman. It's like, hey. Lady, think back to a very brief period of time. <laughs> yeah. Like, when was the last time you saw someone in a stationary vehicle in this fucking savannah? What happened to them? Yeah. They got eaten the shit by some lions. Well, Where it, were you when we found you? You were walking around in the savannah, yeah. not being killed by a lion. Right. We're, I'm now saying, let's not stay in this stationary vehicle <laughs> right. like the other guys were. <laughs> yes. And let's walk around. The thing you were doing before. Yes. Like, what? And,
0: and, and, and the thing is, the six miles away. I'm like, Okay. At a good clip, that's about an hour and a half. That's it. Yeah. Hour and a half. You just drove for whatever, a half an hour. So you probably got a nice head start on the lions. If you move your ass and you double time it, you could probably make it there in an hour. Like walking, a little bit of jog here and there, and just make it to the camp in an hour. With more people and help. Why would you argue to stay in this thing with small window panes? Because, I mean, if it's shit, if it did that to the grill of a big ass truck, do you think a window pane is going to stop it?
1: Yeah. No. And also, it's the old thing, if you don't need to be, you know, faster than a bay, you just need to be faster than the slowest guy. Like, you have a whole, like, savannah worth of wildlife there, I imagine. Like, you're not the only thing on the menu. Yes. Like, yeah, I mean, come on, like, hopefully you're just going to, if there's anything around, it's going to be going after the thing it's been going after every day of its life. Yes. You know. If you walk into its path, you're like, well, okay, why not? But they're not going to be hunting you out specifically <laughs> right. like they've like got a taste for it. they yes. just like, you know, if they come across mm-hmm. you, then they'll yes. eat you.
0: And then, then, so he finally talks her into leaving the truck. And then the last bit we see is them basically walking along. And they're like next to a ravine that leads to like a little river, yeah. like out in the savannah. And the two of them walking away. And that was our 20 minutes. And at one point, oh, I forgot to mention, earlier in the zoo with the lady reporter... Which they made a very ominous thing. They focused on one of the apes in the zoo, and the oh, ape yeah. was looking really pissed. And it was like, "Uh uh-uh. oh, is the ape gonna like eat somebody now? What's what's happening here?" But then they went to you know Dr. McSmoothpants and 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 uh, and the lady and their obvious bad awkward flirtation that was going on there. Yeah. So, so that was our episode of Zoo. Mm-hmm. First blood. Things can gonna get a lot crazier. And this is the one that kills me. So the guy who was the Bush guy, and you know what? I should really look up the actor's name because I hate not giving him the credit because he was by far the biggest face in there mm. of what we've seen. Like I said, this guy, I remember him, the the, the the pathologist playing Kristen Stewart's father in Twilight. And I've seen him in like a couple of other little things, but nothing like really huge. Whereas, like I said, this this other dude was in in um, Game of Thrones, so he was basically the most recognizable person, and he made it till like minute twenty of the mm-hmm. first episode of the first season. So I was kind of like, mm, "This doesn't <laughs> bode well for the rest of the show." <laughs> uh, let's see. Let's see if I can find them. <inaudible> no, 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 no! Wow, they don't even have him listed. And he was—he was one he was when she, when um, what's her face? The Dragon Mother was in in across the sea. He was in the, the slave masters. Yes, she she locked him in the safe with the girl that betrayed her. yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. That that was the guy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And well, like I said, I, they're not showing, they're not showing his face as one of the cast, which is bogus. But anyway, what are you going to do? Um, so yeah, he was the most recognizable. Dr. Smooth Pants was second most. I mean, the guy who's a zoo director, I've seen him before, but like as a minor, you know, like co-star character kind of stuff, nothing much. And mm. considering the big names that were kind of, like you said, were attached to it, I was kind of like, Okay, and even the, just the feel of it, it was almost like they couldn't quite make up their mind on the budget.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Like, okay, we have a but, but you know, what, let's just we we'll, we'll kind of get the like the the college annex, you know, to kind of put that together for us. I
1: mean, it was there was just some like ah, odd... you were definitely had nailed in head with the Sharknado reference. It was very Sharknado-y, the uh, what we saw of the CGI. With the lions, I only assume that that's, going forward that's going to be the same for the other animals. We yes. only saw lions, but yeah. it was very... Very sharpening y you looking. Yeah, <laughs> it <was> like, mm, <laughs> yeah. I don't think so. So, all right, what,
0: do you, what do you think is going on here? Or should we... Well, you know No. Let's do our food and drink first, shall we? Mm-hmm. All right. So, let's do from the recipe at 127 South Washington Avenue, Bergenfield. You had the eggplant parm, and I had the chicken parm. What do you say for your eggplant parm? So?
1: Uh, yeah, it's very tasty, actually. I mean, it's a you know, I I kind of specifically got it because it's hard to mess up. I Initially, wanted a calzone, which we were then found out they didn't do anymore, which is very. <laughs> this is like taken off the menu. Then curious. Yeah. Um. But uh. Yeah, you can't you can't mess it up. You know, it's pretty. Uh. You know. Um. But it was it was tasty. It was good. You know, all the elements were there. Right. Good amount of cheese. You know, the sauce was good. The eggplant was good the bread was soft yeah, yeah 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 all things being considered i'd give it like a 3.8 okay I guess. 3.8 yeah yeah i
0: had the chicken parm um it was very standard chicken parm fare um i guess it's because it's so ubiquitous everywhere at least here on the east coast it was There was nothing about it that I was like, oh my God, this chicken, you know, it wasn't like stand up, but it wasn't like, ugh, they call this chicken parm, you know, it was a very solid, if this is what they had for lunch kind of stuff, like, oh, okay, I'll have it. Um, I wasn't overly excited about it. I wasn't disappointed by it. It was nice. Like you said, it was fairly tasty, fairly regular. Nothing in it to make me say, well, this is a little different and this really makes me remember it and now I'm going to go back and buy it again. You know, nothing yeah. like that. So it was fairly standard fare. I, I'd give it, I mean, if somebody gave it to me to, like now again to eat it, I'd be like, yeah, okay, I'll eat yeah. it. Yeah, no no,
1: problem. I have a feeling this restaurant is one of those, we've had a couple like this where I feel like if this was in like Indiana uh-huh. or Ohio, I yes. would be like... This is the best Italian restaurant around. We love this place. Yes. But when you're in New Jersey, in this area, it's like,
0: yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. uh, Yeah, basically. Yeah. Yeah. It's funny because everybody knows if you want to get the real nice pizza, the real nice Italian, you go to the small mom and pop places. Mm. But because there's so many of them in the Northeast because of the heavy Italian population and all that or Italian descent population... These kind of turn almost into a chain.
1: Yeah, almost.
0: Almost because unless they're making their own, they all pretty much get from the same supplier. Uh-huh. So all the sauces taste the same, all the cheeses taste the same, the breads are the same. You know, so so it, yeah. it's almost like it's a chain. It's not, but uh-huh. it's so. But I, I mean, I'll, I give, I give this one a three six. Yeah, I mean, not bad. Like I said, I'd eat it again. No. Yeah. De- decent, solid, yeah, 3-6. And what about our Chaco Toro from bolero Snort?
1: Yeah, at this point, <clears throat> I said, um I we already said, it's really nothing more to talk about. Very, very plain. Um, yeah. It's like, yeah, it's, I, I, I don't know. I mean, yeah, I drink it. I mean, I, yeah. It's just it's. There's nothing to dislike about it. Doesn't right. There's nothing to dislike about. To me, this is as if someone just took
0: like a cooking cocoa nib or a chocolate nib. Yeah. And dropped it in Newcastle, and said, here, drink this. Yeah. It was like almost like this was all the effort that kind of went into it. Not that it's bad, mm. but it wasn't like you said. I was, especially with the can and like the color and the decoration. I was really expecting like a like a. Like we said, like an explosion of flavors and things. It was just kind of chocolatey and kind of aley and nothing. I mean, yeah. in a stout, it would have worked better, but in the brown ale, it's just kind of,
1: yeah, 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 exactly. It just yeah. That's why I think it's just like me. Yeah. Yeah.
0: I I still drink it over a Bud Light lime. Yes, and indeed, indeed. <laughs> So what do what do you what do you, what do you uh, well I'll go for us I give this I'll give this a three four mm. again um what's our standard go to if I'm at a barbecue stuck at a barbecue and this is all they have I'm okay with
1: that <laughs> if I if I'm stuck at a barbecue this is all they have. <laughs> I'm reevaluating my friend's. <laughs> <thing>. <laughs>
0: well, you don't necessarily have to go to a friend's barbecue,
1: but if you get invited out of the I'm just somewhere. confused. If I'm invited to a barbecue, with all the episodes, I'm like, okay, whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> what, tell <laughs> me really what happened this. here. Yeah. Like, talk <laughs> me through the last 24 hours. Because I have a feeling it ends with you realize you didn't get any beer, you went to the local shop, and this was was the only thing they had
0: two hours before Memorial Day started. (laughs) Yeah, like
1: what's going on here? Either that or this is your Uncle Pete's creation, like in the microbrewery that he's done a startup, and this is his first one. He's really trying to push it. Yes, like there's no other reason why this would be the only beer you have. So, three four, I give it. Yeah, I give it a. I, I was going to say 3 5 before you said 3 4. So it's, I don't think it's necessarily any better than you said it is, but I'll give it 3 5 because that's what I was going to say anyway.
0: Okay. All right. 3 5. All right. Yeah. So 3 5 for the Bolero Sonor, uh, brown ale with cocoa nibs and vanilla and milk sugar. I don't think I quite got any vanilla taste in there, did you? Um. Or did you were you able to suss out some? I really didn't.
1: I think I did. But
0: that's not necessarily like the beer's fault, that's my fault, because...
1: Uh, yeah, no, I think I did get vanilla, I didn't get, um, it says milk, sugar, like... Well, I that's, you're not going to taste that. No, I don't know when milk would come into it, I mean...
0: they probably put in the, the, the lactose.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, no, I, uh, yeah, when they I tested, When they were brewing it. I tasted just a little bit of all the things it says, but only, just such a little bit, that it doesn't, it was just really kind of, well hmm, right, pointless, uh, you know, I've, I've said this sort of comparison before, but it's almost like you just have a glass of something else and then someone just took a fucking, like, like a little teaspoon that they've just been eating some Ben & Jerry's with and just, like, <laughs> stirred it in there. Yes. Just stirred that's, it in that's there. That's actually exactly what it tastes like, yes. And you're like, oh. Yes.
0: Like, some, like someone took their <laughs> spoon out of some ice cream and stirred it in. You're <laughs> right. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's exactly yeah. right. That's actually the best description of it. <laughs> All right. Um, and then what do we think is going on here with Zoo? First blood.
1: Um, uh, it's a good question. <laughs> it is a good question. What is going on here?
0: So anyway, while you're thinking about it, I, I'll, I'll just kind of break it down for the people. This is a really, really terrible show with subpar effects and... A bunch of new faces, because nobody really of a whole lot of money signed on to it, where they're going to try and do that basically the global warming is making the animals go nuts, and the animals are blaming us for global warming, so they're exacting revenge, and they won't stop till we're all dead. That's what
1: I think is going on here with the zoo. Nice um yeah i think i think there's gonna be a big twist somewhere some stupid twist oh uh-huh. God, like it there's a human it's a human sex zoo <laughs> it's, a human what? A, it's a human sex zoo and <laughs> oh, it's set sex in, it's set in the future ah. it's in a it's in a future like a and with the only way that humans can get their rocks off anymore is by watching all these other humans get their shit kicked out of them by these crazy animals. Oh,
0: I thought you were going to say that like the animals want to have sex with humans but they're not quite sure how to do it yet so they end up mauling them all.
1: (laughs) (laughs) No, I I think the whole thing is like a, you know, like an eco-dome sort of scenario. Oh, okay, like a bio Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah." And there's just this perverse, just like camp kind of European guy presiding over the whole thing who's, like, called the professor. Oh! <laughs> just sitting oh. There, And he has a stick, and he's just like, oh, yes, yeah. well, <laughs> let the lions go! <laughs> I thought
0: you were going to say it was going to be, like, a bird presiding over everything. Uh, no, he's just sitting there
1: stroking his little birds, say birds, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> Yes, ooh, the cats, we have all the has gone. Oh, stay in the truck, please. <laughs> yeah, that's what, that's what I'm thinking. All right,
0: all right, sexy. I like it. It's kind of sexy. No pun intended. Yeah. yeah. No, that was a pun intended. Yeah. <laughs> well, all right, folks. So that's episode 38. We're back to doing stupidity like we always do after our long seven arc. Uh, tournament episode blah blah shows and uh, that's it so that's episode 38 Uh, we reviewed the zoo or zoo I don't want to say the zoo because the zoo is a program on Animal Planet so zoo Choco Toro and the recipe restaurant in Brangfield so thanks for listening guys and uh, we'll talk to you soon see ya